Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. All right, saints, remember that Satan is, by his very evil nature, very cunning and crafty and the most subtle of all creatures, as he's described in the earliest chapters of the book of Genesis or the book of Origins. You'll recall that Satan targeted the woman in order to break into and violate and bring destruction and sin into the lives of the couple, Adam and Eve, that God had created in perfection and who then fell from God grace. And the point of his entry was through the woman. So a couple of things I want to talk about here today is to be aware of the enemy. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And to put on the whole armor of God because Satan walketh about, the scripture says, as a roaring lion seeking whom he may what? Devour, bring destruction into their lives. Not only here, but also eternally. Jesus told us that Satan has come to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. He called him the thief, John chapter 10, but he said, but I am come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. To That means the spiritual quality of life, eternal life, that only God can give you through the one whom he sent, the only begotten son of God, who is the way, the truth, and the life, even Jesus Christ. First Peter 5, 8 again says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, your enemy, the devil, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We've got to realize that that we are in a battle, we are in a war, and that Satan is active about bringing destruction into our lives, children of God, and we can never let our guard down. Those who take a spiritual vacation are bound to fall and to, to see great harm come into their lives. Like King David, when he should have been at war, he should have been uh, vigilantly and diligently continuing to fight the good fight of faith. He stayed back, as you read in the early verses of Second Samuel 11, and that's what gave the enemy the open door to bring about a woman bathing down in his sight and led to great sin and destruction and reaping that is just untold in the life of David. That's written in the Bible, that story for our learning that we, sh- we you and I, in this late hour in the new, under the New Testament era, can find comfort and hope through the scriptures, these, this story, this actual thing that happened, and we can learn from it. That's Second uh, Samuel chapter chapter 11 and 12. I want you to go back and read that prayerfully and let the Lord harvest and mine out many, many truths that will give you greater understanding into his kingdom life. Amen. Second Samuel chapter 11 and 12. That's written for your learning. All of the Old Testament is. All the scriptures are according to Romans 15 verse 4, which says whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of what? The scriptures might have hope. Hallelujah. All right. We got to be careful about lurking devils and, and people who uh, are used of the devil. Let me just tell you right now that if some 
somebody's not completely set apart unto the Lord, you can guarantee that Satan uses them on a regular basis. Even we that are set apart by the Lord got to watch that Satan doesn't somehow get in and use us. Sometimes I think we can all testify to some place in our Christian life where if you look back, it's possible, if not absolute, that the enemy used us to say something or do something that did not glorify God, but glorify the enemy. The Bible speaks of those who lie in wait to deceive. They're lurking in the highways and byways, if you will, spiritually speaking, mostly in the lives of other people whose hearts and souls are darkened because men love darkness rather than light. And just like the enemy came through Eve to bring destruction to the man and woman, that doesn't absolve the man from his participation, but the entry point was the woman, we can all see in the book of Genesis chapter 1 through 3. And ladies, you really got to watch the enemy because I had fellowship recently with a sister I've been friends with for many years, and she testified that how her, she's now a widow, but her husband's sister, you know, was constantly calling her, constantly baiting her, constantly trying to slip in and turn her against her husband, which is the lady's own brother. You know, there's no end to the evil of Satan. You know, here's a lady that who, whose brother's a preacher, and this lady claims to be saved, and her brother was a godly man, and all godly people, especially men who are called to preach and obey God in that matter, are going to be lied about, shunned, you know, all manner of evil is going to be spoken against them falsely, and who better than, you know, somebody, close family member, does Satan have to use against those people? But anyway, this sister in Christ was, you know, relating to me about how her husband's sister was always baiting her and lying in wait to deceive constantly, and she never let up, and at one point, the devil got victory because my dear friend, the sister in Christ, you know, listened to and the sister, it uh, and turned her against her own husband, and so anyway, we got to really be careful, friends, to guard our heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, you want to memorize that verse, keep or guard, it means guard, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life, and one of the parts of the armor of God we see listed in Ephesians chapter 6 is that your loins girt about with truth, I believe it is, and that means the loins of your mind, you know, and I love what I think it's First Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Let's read that one. It says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Do not let the enemy slip in things. There's something in the Bible called a whisperer. Are you familiar with that? If not, it's time to get familiar with it, or at least to get re-familiarized with it if you're, let's see, chapter 16, chapter 16 of Proverbs, verse, let's start in verse 27 and read two verses, 27 and 28. Listen to this. I want you to become familiar with this passage, Proverbs 16, 27 and 28. The Bible says, an ungodly man, what kind of man? An ungodly, ungodly, you should underline that, an ungodly man or woman does what? Diggeth up evil. Diggeth up evil. We'll talk about that in a moment. And his in his lips, there is as a burning fire. A froward or wicked man soweth or plants strife. And a whisperer, there it is, separateth chief friends. Even chief relationships have been broken up by the whisperer or the person who whispers sweet little things that are seeming 
exceedingly sweet, but are really deadly and laced with poison. I've talked to people who's uh, who've had somebody from their mate's past come after them and tell them, you know, things their mate did in the past and trying to turn them against their own mates. Man, that is a deadly place to be in. You are under the divine condemnation. Jesus said, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. I don't know about you, but that strikes the fear of God in me and quickens my spirit to always speak words and do everything concerning husbands and wives and concerning children and their parents and parents and their children to bring those people together prayerfully and by the grace of God and never to speak a word against somebody's mate or against uh, father, mother or children or whatever. You know, never bring division. Never, never. Those are familial bonds that God has sovereignly ordained to be in place. And don't you dare ever say anything or give any smirk or the slightest facial expression to turn a man against his wife or a wife against her husband or with children and their parents. The Bible tells us in the book of Psalms that God has set the solitary in the families. Go study that. God ordains families and anybody who comes in between any familial relationship or bond is under direct condemnation. We see that in the book of Malachi, the last verse in the Old Testament, buffering between the old and the new. And it says that in the final days, God's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest he come and smite the earth with a curse. You see, that makes it clear that there's a curse coming upon anyone who tries to divide a father and their children specifically. And I believe that goes for the mother too, but especially the father. And these people that work in CPS and whatever they call it now, DFPS, whatever, these people are absolutely demonic, almost every one of them. They're Satan's agents to destroy familial bonds between parents and children. They could not be more demonic than they are. And every one of those individuals, they might make the excuse, well, that's what they do for a living. They take children. They're not going to say this, but this is exactly what they do. They destroy family bonds. They take children from their parents. Doesn't matter if anything's proven in order to get money from the federal government. These people are the agents of Satan and they are under divine condemnation. God will destroy their souls in hell. Their lives on this earth are cursed. I can tell you that right now. You don't ever, ever come between a child and his parents or you are under divine condemnation. We have the very word of God on it. So beware though of lurking, lying, people that are lying in wait to deceive. Let me just encourage you in this way, beloved. Be careful with people that you know are trouble, if you know what I mean. You owe them nothing. Oh, but brother, they're my sister-in-law. They're my brother. They're my parent. Hey, listen, I don't care. They're children of the devil. If they're children of the devil, you don't owe them anything. You preach, you hit and run. Don't lurk around with those kind of people, okay? Because they lie in wait to deceive, we see in Ephesians 4, those type people. And just soon as you hang around with them enough, somewhere along the line, you may drop your guard and they're going to come in. We've got to begin to become familiar with a couple of terms. I want you to write down and remember and go study in the King James Bible. One of them is avoid. There are certain people the Bible tells you to avoid. Avoid them. Who? Well, go find out. Dig it out. And reject. Heretics are to be rejected after the first or second admonition. We've got to become comfortable with obeying God and rejecting and avoiding certain people. People that walk, that are Christians, but walk in 
disobedience in certain ways, the Bible says avoid them. Don't answer their calls. Don't give them any place. Don't give them any time. You're not obligated to do that. You're obligated to obey God who told you to avoid them in certain instances. Now also reject the certain people. You need to lean not to your own understanding. You're not their savior. You give them the truth in love after one or two times and they don't receive it, cut it off. Reject them. Absolutely. I've done this. I'm finding it easier to do. I hate to do it. And I've got a lot of friends and lots of friends in Christ that love the Lord and walk in his truth. And, you know, even if I didn't still do this, but, you know, there's been certain people that when they, you know, for example, some people that a couple of guys over the last one of them over the last few months, another one a few years ago that, you know, it came to surface that they didn't really believe the Bible is inspired, you know, fully inspired. And both of them knew a lot of scripture, but God brought that darkness to light. And they were both confronted, both these men, and they refused to repent. So I broke it off. I just immediately after admonishing them more than one time, giving them scripture, they didn't believe it. They didn't want to believe it, change their way and repent. So I cut them off, cut them off. Another guy attacked me once. I forgave him. He came back with apology. Then he did it again. Well, I promptly told him to turn around, get out, leave. I don't ever want to see you again. That's it. Door closed. Learn how to reject people. The Bible tells you to reject people. I'm not talking about running around just trying to find somebody to reject, but there are certain instances you got to learn how to shut people out. Didn't Jesus tell us to shake off the dust of your feet when people don't receive the Lord and his word, which is our identity, Christ and his glorious good news gospel? The Bible says, dust off your feet, reject them, and go and preach the gospel to somebody else. Go to the next town or go to the next person. You have no obligation to hang around and try to... Jesus didn't chase down the rich young ruler when he gave him the word and he walked away. Jesus didn't try to chase down the 5,000 men and children and women when they left after he preached the word. The, the gospel isn't going to change. People are either going to repent and conform to the Lord's word or they're going to be damned. They're going to be outside the kingdom. Matthew 10, uh, I'm going to read verse 12 through 14. Let's see, maybe we can start in verse 11. Matthew 10 called this the rule, the chapter of the rules of engagement for a lot of ministry and kingdom walking life and ministry work. Matthew 10, I want you to study that chapter. In fact, I think we've got an audio on that on, on the uh, audio page. There's a big button on the safeguardyoursoul.com website. And the audio page, you can do a search, control F for find, and find the one on Matthew 10. It'll probably have Matthew 10 in the title, I believe, or rules of engagement. You can go in the search box that's on the right side of every page on the ministry website, safeguardyoursoul.com, which is simply a resource to help people get into the Word, get excited about the Word, obey God, and walk with the Lord, an abiding, saving relationship with our soon-coming King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Matthew 10, beginning in verse 11, And into whatsoever city, Jesus tells his disciple, or town you shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide or remain till ye go hence. Stay with, stay with the godly who's worthy. Everybody's not worthy. Verse 12, we see that here. Some are, some aren't. Verse 12, and Jesus says, and if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. Hey, bless it. Speak the word over it, and God will bring forth his blessing. But if it be not worthy, see, talking about worthy households and unworthy. If it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, goes for houses and cities. Whole towns rejected Christ at times, if you remember in the Gospels. Shake off the dust of your feet. Again, verse 14, and whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words, that's the words of Jesus, the gospel, when ye depart out of that city 
house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. For verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, beloved. Be wise. We get to be wise, you know. Withholding your presence from certain people is very wise. We need to ask God today to give us sharper, more keen discernment. And, you know, all of us have gotten ourselves into trouble because we haven't been learning and finding these truths as such as, you know, going over right now. It's caused us to feel this obligation to certain people, which I call false obligation. And it's gotten us into big trouble. And Jesus wants to save us from that. And I'm going to go to Matthew 7, three chapters earlier here in just a minute, read a little passage that further underscores that truth, the fact that Jesus wants to protect us. Verse 17, beware of men. Ah, that's key. Underline that in your Bible. Beware of men. Verse 17, beware of men. Matthew 10, 17, beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils and they will scourge you in their synagogues. You see, Satan uses men. Satan used uh, one of God's creatures in Garden of Eden as the first time that he caused man to sin. And he's been using God's creatures, especially those made in his image. And this is what Jesus is saying. Beware of men. In fact, Jesus also said in Revelation 3.11, Behold, quote, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. There's another direct reference to the fact that men can cause you to fall and even your heavenly crown be taken away from you. Like it or not, that can happen. All right, Matthew 7, Jesus, again, like I said earlier, wants us to be protected. He wants to protect us, and that can only happen as we hearken to the voice of his word. I love Psalm 17:4. David said, by the words of thy lips, that's the word of God we have on record now in the Bible, in the Bible, by the words of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. To walking in the truth keeps you protected. It keeps you on the narrow road that leads to life and without any variance, because the devil is lurking. He's lying in wait to deceive. He's got his little whispers who sow discord among the brethren, as we just read there in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 27 and 28, that the ungodly man diggeth up evil, diggeth up evil. He takes things from the past or whatever and tries to bring them up. But remember, no man is your judge, only God is. And he tries to use those things against you because he, according to Revelation 12, is the accuser of the brethren. He is the accuser of the brethren. Brethren, let me say right here that Zechariah 7:10. We need to memorize this portion of that verse. It says that we're not to imagine evil in our hearts against our brothers and sisters. Boy, I tell you what, that right there will prevent a lot of strife in the body of Christ. You and I need to get our hearts right. Don't imagine evil against any of your brothers and sisters. In fact, when we really begin to walk in the love of God, if we feel like our brother or sister is off base in a certain area, it should cause us to be broken in our spirit and maybe shed some tears and go to prayer before God, not go whispering about them to somebody else unconstructively. That's ridiculous. Go to them if you're going to go to anybody, but first and foremost and primarily throughout the 
whole thing. Go to God. I mean, I've seen a lot of people get delivered and grow in Christ just from praying for them, not going to talk about them or imagining evil in my heart against them. That's wickedness. Again, that's Zechariah 7.10. That is a golden platinum nugget. I want you to harvest that out of your King James Bible, write it on an index card and begin to carry it around and share it with others, beloved, meditating upon it daily and memorizing it. Zechariah 7.10 says to see that you do not imagine evil in your hearts against your brethren. Zechariah 7.10. Let's finish with Matthew 7, beginning in verse 1 through 6. Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. In other words, with whatever measure of mercy or judgment that you meet out or measure out, give out to others, it's going to be measured back to you. The same measuring stick, you know, picture a tape measure, you know, how far are you going to pull it out? How far are you going to pull it out of, you know, how it's wound up? How far are you going to spread it, you know, to apply to other people's lives? And if you spread it wide for mercy, the floodgates of God's divine mercy is going to come on you. But if you spread it wide and give great measurement of judgment and condemnation upon other people, that's exactly what's coming back to you. I don't know about you, friend. I'm sure many of you have experienced this yourself. But for me, as a personal testimony, I got tired of the boomerangs coming back on my head because I used to mete out a lot of judgment unconstructively and in an unbiblical fashion, which is kind of another subject. But man, I got tired of those things coming back on me. And as years ago, I started getting rid of all that. The Bible tells us in James 2.13, quote, he shall have judgment without mercy that has shown no mercy. God's going to give him anybody that does this judgment without mercy. In other words, undiluted divine judgments coming on you that has shown no mercy to others. You need to learn how to show mercy on others, starting in your spirit and your attitude, beloved. Help them get delivered. Restore them in the spirit of meekness. That's how you bear one of those burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, which is to love one another, to love the Lord and to love one another. That's Galatians 6, 1 and 2. I want you to write all these down. Galatians 6, 1 and 2. It's time to stop listening to messages and not really getting in the causing, you know, using them as a launching point for you to get in the Word of God and study to show your own self approved You're wasting time just listening in messages and saying, oh, that was a nice little message. It's time to make it real in your own life, to embrace this scripture, to learn the scripture, to meditate on it, to memorize it, and to minister it. Meditate, memorize, minister. Hallelujah. Meditate on the word, memorize the word, and minister the word of God. Galatians 6, 1 and 2, James 2, 13. Begin writing these down today on index cards. Pour over them, highlight them, mark them, underline things that God points out to you. Pray over them. Get them in your spirit. Spirit, go in there and read each of these passages that we're talking about on this segment over and over, prayerfully, and then go back the next morning and pour over them. Get the Word in your life. Let it become flesh in you. Let it be the constitution of your heart. Mull over it. Meditate upon it. Read it over and over and over and over prayerfully. Praise the Lord. All right, verse 3, And why beholdest thou, this is Matthew 7, our last passage, and why beholdest thou, Jesus says, the mote of the, the splinter, the little small speck, that 
that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam, that's like a telephone pole, that is in thine own eye. Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote or the little speck out of thy eye when you got a beam or telephone pole in your own eye? Thou hypocrite. First, 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 first. God has order and priorities here all throughout his word. He's a God of order, not the author of confusion. Thou hypocrite. First, cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly. Ah, you'll be able to see clearly. Hello. To cast out the mote to help restore your brother, not judge him. That's a big difference. Don't approach people to judge them. You're not holy, holy, holy. Only God is their judge. See, that's what he said. There's only one lawgiver and one judge. James 4, 11 and 12. And it's not you. It's not me. It's God. And then shalt thou see by reason of creation, God owns every soul and God is their judge, maker and judge, not you or me or any other mere sinful man. And then shalt thou see clearly to, to do what? To judge the brother? No. To cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye to help him get delivered. Hello. All right. Verse six, last verse. And Jesus says this, and this goes with our message today. Most poignantly, give not that which is holy unto dogs. Stop preaching to people that you've already given the word to and don't want it. God's not going to beg them to go to, to his eternal glory. Jesus never acted like that. He's turned them over. God himself has sent them a strong delusion so that they'll believe a lie and be deceived, damned forever. If they're going to come back, that's between them and God. You've already done your part. One man once said, and I really like this, he said, no person, no soul deserves to hear the gospel twice until every soul has heard it once. In Matthew 7, 6, give not that which is, do not give that which is holy to the dogs. Listen, friend, it's time that we, you know, obedience is better than sacrifice. Just obey God. Obey his directions. You're going to be blessed and you're going to keep yourself out of a lot of trouble that God doesn't want coming into your life. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, that's spiritual dogs, people without the kingdom. Neither cast ye your pearls, don't give your spiritual pearls or your time or treasures before swine. Swine is another, you know, word meaning people that are spiritually rebellious. Don't give your pearls to swine. Why? Lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend or rip and tear and stab you. Don't do it. I've had to learn that lesson through the years, especially in the last few years. I tend to be kind of merciful and try to bring people in, you know. I know we all know people, and maybe you're one of those who always had to bring the, the stray dog or cat in when they were younger. And, you know, that's a mercy gift. That's one of the motive gifts, I think, in Romans 12. And, you know, that's good, but we've got to temper that with the wisdom and the obedience to the Lord. Don't give that which is holy unto dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under the feet and turn again and rend you. I've had to go personally, and some of you, I'm sure, have to go through some serious attacks from people that all I did was try to help them. But, you know, the ultimate they turn against you and rend you. It's like, what did I do to him? Let us try to feed him physically, feed him the word, prayed for him. He called me when he needed prayer. These guys, you know, he didn't call anybody else. He came to, to get the word, you know, because we got in the word together. Nobody else was giving him the word. Nobody else was teaching him and loving him and praying for him and there for him and taking him out, witnessing, feed, bringing him over. To, you know, come on, let's, let me uh, buy dinner for you. Let me cook dinner for you. Let's go get some coffee. No. And yet they turn again and rend you. So 
It's important to begin to pray for discernment so we can see when there's an unloving person. Let me tell you, I don't care how good they know the Bible. If they don't have the love of God in them, you better get away from that person. I'm telling you by experience about the word of God, because without love, we're nothing. I'd rather know now. I'd rather have one scripture memorized instead of a thousand or two thousand and have the love of God than to have the whole Bible memorized and uh, have no love. See, Satan knows the Bible. He used it against Jesus. You see, the devils believe in God and tremble. Paul said that knowledge puffs up, but charity, love, edifies. See, if somebody's not edifying, if they're not building up other believers by the grace of their lips, you know, let no corrupt communication, Paul said, proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, building up, you know, that it may minister grace to the hearers. If you don't see that in somebody, you better get away. You better, you know, Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay, you know yourself, you can judge yourself and others by the words of the mouth. You see, uh, I often find, have found over the years that people that are quick to correct and all, you know, I stand back and I, I try to factor in, hey, does this person edify other people? And a lot of times the people that are out correcting, this is what Jesus is dealing with here in Matthew 7, 1 through 6. They're quick to correct, but they're not correcting themselves because and keeping their own heart before God because they don't edify other people, yet they're quick to correct. That, my friend, is a huge, huge red flag. When you see somebody that's not edifying, and you can normally discern when you look at people's eyes by the discerning of the Spirit, if they're a loving, tender, merciful, blessed saint. Paul wrote this in Ephesians 4.32. He said, Be ye kind one to another, tender, tender, not hard, but tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. See, if they don't have tender heart, they're not forgiving, they're not prayerful with you to help you overcome, because we all perhaps trip, stumble, or, you know, need prayer in times of weakness or hardship. You know, you better get away from that person. That's an ungodly person that's posing as a Christian. That is a tear among the weak. That person is the most dangerous type person on earth. That's just what Judas chose to become. Ephesians 4.27 tells us to give no place to the devil. Man, if that doesn't put a nail in the coffin of that truth, figuratively speaking, I don't know what does. Okay. Neither give place to the devil. Obey God, friend. Put on your whole armor. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life and give no place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Ephesians 4, 27. God bless you, friend. It's been good spending a few moments with you. I want to encourage you to visit safeguardyoursoul.com. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several, many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say 
together in the words of Revelation 22. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.